0: I love the word of God. Um, it is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. And so let's talk about that path today. I, I want to open with two scriptures. It's actually the one that I planned on ending with, and then also one I plan on beginning with. But I, I felt led to read Psalm 131 first because it is one of the 15 psalms or songs of ascent. So the, in your Bible, uh, Psalm chapter 120. Uh, for the next 15 chapters are called the songs of ascent. And so even as we were just singing, um, I'm going to worship you through every song of ascent, as we were just singing, that's literally referring to the 15 psalms that God's people, when they pilgrimaged back to Jerusalem, the Holy Land, where God's presence was, where his tabernacle was, come on, they had been doing life, but at least once a year, they they had uh, uh, dedicated in their heart to make pilgrimage up the hill to Jerusalem. And as they did, they would chant, or they would sing, or they would recite the Psalms of Ascent. And it would remind their soul Maybe I've been away from it for 364 days. But as I head up the mountain to where God's presence is, I remind myself a song of ascent. And one of them is Psalm 131 that says this. I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. And now, I'm going to read uh, my, my, my capstone uh, scripture for the rest of today that you're going to need to hold on to. Um, it's maybe one you're familiar with, Psalm 23, and it goes like this. For the Lord is my shepherd. If you know it, you could say it with me. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Come on, that word right there in that last little bit really spoke to me this week as I wanna close out this series, get your life back by, by speaking a message on it's time to get your soul back. Come on, if you like to take notes, would you write down that title, get your soul back? Tell your neighbor, we're, we're gonna get your soul back today. Come on, come on, it's time to get your soul back. I know, you're really preaching to yourself more than to them, all right? And, and let's pray. Father, Father, we open up our life to you completely. We know that um, you can see all, you know all, and so there's nothing hidden from you. And so, Father, we ask that you would uh, speak life into us. Uh, Let your word resonate on our heart, the things that uh, could be improved, the things that you are approving of, the things that you affirm, Father. And and in so many ways, Father, we're just looking for the lift that comes from the Lord today. No other lift is like it. We just want to be with you. And hear from you in Jesus' name. And if you agree with that, you say, Amen. "Amen." Um, how many of y'all have been in the presence of a horse in a while? Come on, or, or can you remember being in the presence of a horse before? A horse is a really in- interesting animal. In fact, w- uh, my wife and I, uh, w- we. We got a horse a few years back. Um, I was always setting aside some of the financial budget for for sports and different things like that because I grew up playing sports and a lot of things like that. I'm like, all right, come on. And and uh, my wife said to me, listen, you need to look at what God's been doing in our house. You have three girls, and um, they're not as interested in, in uh, the things you were interested in. They're not playing basketball. <laughs> they're not. Uh, some of them are playing soccer. There is a hope in jesus name come on oh, all right no anyway but she was like listen but what what they love is they love animals just like their mama loves animals <laughs> and was like what about a horse and we looked into it and I, I i saw for basically the same amount of sports these days i we could get a horse and so we we brought home a horse i can't believe it i'm that guy like i bought a zoo no anyway no <laughs> And so we have a horse and two goats, and the crazy thing about horses, I can remember when we were looking into it that we went and visited uh, people who knew how to handle horses, and they would say this, remember this, you're the one in charge. I was like, okay, remember, I'm in charge, I'm in charge, I like that, I'm in charge. And then you walk up to a horse, and it's four times your size, it's muscle power, it's might, it's majesty, is just like... Let's not fool ourselves. Who's really in charge here? If this thing wants to run me over, it wins every time. This is not a, uh, a, a feat of strength here. And, and um, the, the interesting thing about horses, though, is their temperament is they are naturally spooked easy. They they are frantic. They they are always ready, not to fight or flight. They're always ready to flight. <laughs> like there is very little fight in a lot of horses. They their their typical uh, nature is to run. They are constantly because in the wild they are constantly have predators after them, and, and and so they are always listening. They're always perceptive to the world around them. And when they hear something that could be dangerous, they just immediately take off. Man, it's just it's just run every. Single Time, that's why you see horses running, and we stand back and go, Oh, how majestic! They're scared, (laughs) they're just running for their life. They'll run over anything that gets in their way because they are good at one thing that's running, but they're mighty. And you know, I, I think about our soul in a lot of ways is similar in that our soul is mighty. There is a great power within each one of us, but uh, there is also tension that our soul is under, almost constantly ready to be spooked or another thing's going to hurt me, or things have been good, and I'm kind of uptight because I know that means bad's around the corner, or I can't catch a break, and so, you know, th- they're probably attacking me, and, and, and we can get to a point where anxiety's crippling up, or we're, 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 we're almost just like like that horse that's under stress on the inside, and if we don't pay attention to it, we can ignore it. We can we can uh, tell our soul, come on, let's go, giddy up, it's another day, but our soul is kind of like perceptive to something things around it and and if if we're not careful we can so just tell our soul to giddy up that we could be a lot like this video right here that I found that if um uh this it's coming I promise it's gonna be there this this thing you're hearing but not seeing they're gonna fix it in just one second (laughs) but um You know, really, there it is. Can you restart that, please? Restart that, there we go. Okay, our souls are a lot like that dog. (laughs) And we're like talking to ourselves a lot like this man, kind of going, you got another wedding to go to. Come on, it's time to go bring home the bacon. This is like you when your alarm clock goes off, right? It's like, ah, I don't want to do it. You know, and we're just like, please. Don't make me. Don't drag me through one more thing. We gotta go meet up with so and so. (laughs) We got a coffee appointment today, and then we get kind of like into it, and we're like, "All right, I could do it," and 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 we we might get excited for a very small period of time before our body goes, "All right, come on, we're back together," and we do one of these. Listen, I am not well, and I do not want to go with you. And then we start dragging it through life. No, you coming with me no matter what. And so you can, you can take that down. But I think that sometimes this is what we're doing to our soul. And, and, and the cool thing about horses, when you've worked with them, if you've ever been a caretaker, is everyone will tell you that what they're looking for because of how strong they are, but how tense they are and, and uh, uh, easy to flight they are, when they hear the horse go, it means they are finally at peace. And they trust their surroundings. And my hope for you today, my assignment today, is that your soul in the presence of God would finally go, it is well with my soul. That's my assignment today as we get our soul back. You know, there are cues to tell us when our soul is out of whack. We just oftentimes ignore them. Kind of like when we find ourselves a lack of enjoyment with our kids. I, I don't, I don't want to go play with the kids. You go play with the kids. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> I just need a break, right? Or uh, we find a lack of enjoyment in our TVs, and we're just like, that ain't no good, that ain't no good, that ain't no good. That you know goes, what this is who's putting out all this crap today? Come on, you know, and we start sitting out social posts. Is there anything good to watch? That ain't no good, right? Because our soul is not finding very much enjoyment in things nowadays. Or 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 maybe you find yourself not able to read a book. You're like, come on, New Year's resolution, I am gonna read a book, and then you're like halfway through the First paragraph you are like who am I can I read this book. <laughs> come on I, I don't really like it all that much or maybe one of your cues is no excitement in regards to your future you have nothing to look forward to a little later today you are not looking forward to waking up tomorrow or you're certainly not wake, looking forward to reporting in on Monday or you're not looking forward to the next three years ahead and that is a cue that maybe something's not right in my soul maybe it's an overall lack of joy I've been gripey, I've been salty, I have not been a part of the solution, I have been a part of the problem, and I'm griping, griping about what everybody's posting, and I'm complaining about what everybody else is doing, and I'm and I'm pulling apart, and listen, my soul is is kind of cueing me off that, listen, we're no longer a part of the solution, we are actually suffering just as much as everybody else, come on, we are in a time and a season where I believe believers need to stand up, where we find rest in our soul that comes only through Jesus Christ, so that we can be hope dealers wherever we go. Come on. Our world is looking for hope. Our world is looking for refuge and salvation, and it comes from Jesus Christ. So we need to be Jesus carriers, letting Jesus restore our souls so that we can go out into a world full of tired, fatigued souls and bring hope and a lift Everywhere we go, come on, we need to get our souls back. Maybe it's because our cues have told us, come on, I am ready to rant on every single post on Facebook, and I am ready to right all the wrongs on social media, <laughs> right? We, that is a cue that maybe something is not right. But also, when we neglect things, our souls start saying, hey, it's been like a minute since you've been on a date. <laughs> and like, maybe that's a part of the problem. Like, if you're married, don't neglect. Your soul needs that, that connection with one another. Don't neglect that. Or, or or maybe another cue could be you skipped out on your workouts or something like that, and, and you know that it's good for my soul to be in the workouts. For me, when I run and chase a ball, like being in soccer and stuff like that, it's good for my soul to, to hang out with some guys, run around, get some exercise in, release whatever endorphins or whatever. It is is good for my soul, and when we, we grab away from some of these good habits all of a sudden our soul is going hey I'm a little bit tense how about this one I I got away from church or I got away from church becoming a regular habit I've been a pastor for a long time and I frequently hear people say this my soul was better I remember I was thriving when I was in regular worship Or when I was in my Bible every single day. Things that when I spent time with God. And so our soul begins to cue us whenever we get out of alignment. And it's time to quit neglecting our soul, but to get our soul back. Many of us know it and how we do it. The Lord is my shepherd. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my, say that word with me, soul you know our soul is our self-conscious part of our life you are made up of three parts I preached a message um, called I am three that you can go back in our archives and look into that series talking about how we are a spirit there is a spirit inside of us we have a soul inside of us and we have a body and and our body is our world conscious part of our life I can feel things I can smell things I can taste things I can I can talk to people I can listen to people and I can interact with the world and so our Our flesh is constantly world-focused, and the spirit inside of us is spirit-focused, God-focused. It's the way we connect with God. It's the way we we draw near to God. It's the way we worship God, and spirit and the truth come on, our our spirit part. And then we also have a soul, which is the self-conscious. Your soul is the most aware of yourselfs state part of your life. And the question we're asking is how are you how is your soul is is your soul been neglected is your soul been berated and you just told it like the dog come on you got to wake up and do another day anyway doesn't matter what um hiccups and things have come through your life we're oftentimes walking around with wounded souls truly in this world we live in our soul is under assault in fact Here's what I want to share with you today. Three areas of assault on your soul. Three areas of assault on your soul. I hope you take notes, pull out your uh, notes app on your phone if you don't have a journal and take down notes. And uh, I'm going to share with you, our soul is made up of three parts. Our mind, our will, and our emotions. And so that's what I want to talk to you today about on how to get your soul back. Number one, the first assault of your soul is the assault on your mind. Let me remind you more specifically, the Lord leads me beside still waters. He quiets my mind. On each one of these areas, I'm going to get most specific and I'm going to replace soul for one of the parts of your soul. The Lord is the one who quiets my mind. Don't we need the quieting of our minds sometimes? It runs so much. Our mind has trouble turning off. You can't go to sleep at night because your mind is spinning all the time. And then maybe insomnia or, or lack of sleep starts uh, hurting you, which makes your mind sloppy the next day as well because there's constantly things on my, on my mind, things that I need to think about and fix and, and, and do and, and, and remember to say and write down and did I do this and, and how are the kids and what if they get this and what if they get that. And sometimes it's vain imagination, sometimes it's a difficult season in life, but but our mind sometimes needs to be quieted. I need God to restore health to my mind. So that anxiety and depression and these other things can get a lift that comes only from the Lord. And um, like I I often say, I I like to recommend a resource every time we go into a series for those who want to go deeper. And so this is a book that I've read called Get Your Life Back. And um, every book in our resource center today is going to be $5 off. We already just charge whatever it costs us because we're not trying to nickel or dime you, but we really just want to resource you and so if you want any book over there on your way out five dollars off I think we only got one or two of these left but I would encourage you to get your life back by looking into this more and I'm going to read a quote from this book and I want you to pay attention to your soul as I read it and see if anything resonates this is what what it said I began to notice that the internet was exerting a much stronger and broader influence over me than my old standalone pc ever had it wasn't just that I was spending so much time staring into a computer screen and i think you could substitute computer screen with a mobile screen too it wasn't just so many uh, of my habits and routines were changing as i became more accustomed to and dependent on the sites and services of the net the very way my brain worked seemed to be changing It was then that I began worrying about my inability to pay attention to one thing for more than a couple of minutes. And somebody in here said, preach that, son. (laughs) Like, I can't focus on anything. I can't read a book. I can't listen to my spouse longer than their first sentence before my mind's somewhere else. Come on. At first, I figured the problem was a symptom of middle-aged mind rot. But my brain, I realized, wasn't just drifting. It was hungry. It was demanding to be fed the way the net fed it. The more it was fed, the hungrier it became. Even when I was away from my computer, I yearned to check my email, click links, do some Googling. I wanted to be connected. The internet, I sensed, was turning me into something like a high-speed data processing machine. I missed my old brain. Was there any part of that that your soul resonated, and you're like, dang, bro, that hits home. You're like, you're touching a nerve because I have been distracted. I have been struggling with a lack of focus. Every single time there's a commercial, it's like, come on, I, I find if I'm watching something with my wife, and she, can you pause that? I need to go to the bathroom. It's like I can't just pause it and be. I, I pause it and like, okay, what do we got here going? <laughs> am I going to get? A whole 43 seconds of entertainment going on here. That profits a whole lot. It's because our minds are high speed just kind of going, you can't turn off. You can't just be still and know. You better get on your phone and know something else. And it's the Lord who quiets my soul. And so I want to give you um, two practical ways to get your mind back today. Okay, Here's a list of God attributes that you and I don't share. It's what makes God God and you and I not. Okay, Here's who he is. He's eternal He's self-existent. That means he created himself. Any of us created ourselves? Okay, anyway. He's, he's immutable. That means he's never changing. He's perfectly righteous. He's omnipotent. That means all-powerful, almightyful. He's omniscient. That means he's all-knowing. That word science is in that word, omniscient. And he's omnipresent, which means he's everywhere, always, at the very same time. Now, this is what I wrote down, looking at God's attributes and how we oftentimes find ourselves trying to take on God's attributes that he never expected us to have. Between our postmodernism, trying to make us self-righteous, in in case you don't know what postmodernism is, it is this idea that what's right for me is right for me. And what's wrong for me is wrong for me. I get to decide what's right and wrong. Which makes me self-righteous because I don't obey any sort of global rule. I get to decide if this works or not. So who are you to judge me? So between our postmodernism trying to make us self-righteous, our internet sites trying to make us all-knowing, oh, I don't know what that is, I'll just Google it, <laughs> right? Or, or modern medicine trying to make us all-powerful, I have a fix for you if you have this. But side note, there could cause um, uh, sudden death. It could cause uh, heart palpitations, leaky uh, bowels, um, uh, 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 sudden fatigue. (laughs) If this doesn't work, please stop taking it and try something. Our medicine's trying to make us all powerful. Our modern technology trying to make us everywhere present. I can be here. Some of you are here and somewhere else right now. On the web, social media, something else. We seem to be trying to become God. And it will have a negative effect on the mind. The mind that was never designed to take on that kind of assignment. Listen, you ought to write this down. Your soul gets tired when it tries to play God. Your soul gets tired when it tries to play God. Say it out loud. I'm not God. Say it again. I'm not God. Say it again. I just wanted you to say it enough that your soul would kind of understand. You are not all-knowing, and God is cool with that. My family members don't feel cool with it. I sometimes don't feel cool with it, and I think that I have to Google anything that I don't know. And for some reason, I, have, um, I get uncomfortable with this following st- answer. I don't know. I find my mind is at peace a lot of times when someone asks me a question, I just go, I don't know. Because I'm not all-knowing, and he is, and he doesn't expect me to be. So why am I expecting it, or why am I succumbing to a world that expects it? Right? I'm not all-knowing. There are certain fields of specialty. There are are things that I might know more about, but I don't know a lot of things, and I'm cool with that. My my mind has been quieted because God said, I got that. I remember when I was going through college, I was terrible at like the sciences. Like biology, I'm just telling you anyone who's a medical worker, I praise God for you every day. Cuz as they're like what's mitochondrion and the protein center of the cell and I'm just like E. <laughs> you know blind face and as I fell in love with God I was like God I I I I love preaching your word I love communicating thank you Lord that you have people who love the body and understand it because I don't and I'm comfortable with it doctor comes in what's wrong with it I don't know it's like clicking I mean that's all I got (laughs) I go home my wife says what's what did the doctor say it's okay it's like more detail. I don't remember all that. I don't know. You go to the mechanic. What's wrong with it? It's doing this like, ass ah, ah, ah sound. I don't know. Is it coming from the seat of your pants or from the driving? I don't know, bro. It's broken. I don't know. <laughs> Figure it out. My mind is content on what I know. You know you're not omnipresent? Do you know you are singly present? Because our mind tends to think, i got to know what they just posted. Did you hear what's happening in their house? Did you hear about what you missed on the 4 o'clock news? What about the 5 o'clock news? Did you catch what they said at the 6 o'clock news? Did you hear what they said? Did you hear what they said? Did you hear about, come on. I'm not God, and God doesn't expect you to be everywhere present. So sometimes the world, which goes, you don't even know. Sometimes, listen, I don't, admittedly, I don't stay very on top of the news. And people come up to me and go, you don't know? And I go, but it's quiet up here. (laughs) (laughs) The Lord has restored my soul. Now, if that's your thing, go for it. Just make sure it doesn't turn into anxiety. And then you think Xanax is what restores my soul. And I'm not saying that doesn't help some and some might need it. I'm not knocking medicine. I'm just saying it's not as powerful as God is. And sometimes God is trying to get us to quiet our souls. The Lord is my shepherd. He leads me besides still waters. He quiets my mind. And so uh, Matthew 16, 26 says, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you lose your own? Say this ne- next word with me. Soul. We're so trying to gain information, friends, likability, all kinds of things, and it leads to anxiety, and I'm losing my soul. I'm losing my mind. Come on. Is anything worth more than your soul? So here's, here's one practical way that you can get your mind back is this. Take a picture of this. Pray to serenity prayer. Some of you are familiar with the serenity prayer. But you're probably familiar with the first third of the serenity prayer. So I'm hoping that you take a picture of this today. Because this might be some of y'all's assignment. To simply sit down and to pray. Maybe in the most overwhelming time of your day. Set an alarm and just sit down and go. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things that I can. And the wisdom to know the difference. That's where most of us stop. But this is a golden part. Living one day at a time. Come on, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway of peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life. And supremely happy with you forevermore in the next. I love that last line. Someone say amen. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves, you ain't God. But I know how to connect with God. And it restores my soul. Here's a second way you can quiet the mind. When your mind is stressed, fix your mind on God's goodness. Maybe it's time to remind yourself how good God's been because when your mind has been berated, sometimes you can think, what has God done for me lately? Uh, has he done anything good? Maybe this doesn't seem so good. This this illness, this death, this pandemic, this 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 change, it doesn't seem so good. And when you keep a gratitude journal, you can go back and go, oh, God's been good here and he's been good there. I remember when he did this and he is good there. And come on, and it restores my mind. Look at Lamentations 321. Yet this I call to say Mind, I call this to mind, and therefore I have hope because of the Lord's great love. We are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Come on, some of us need a call to mind, the great faithfulness of the Lord. And so I wrote a few rhymes that I'd like to spit right now, and I hope you'll indulge it as I just say. When your mind is out of line, it's time to call to mind. God has come through every time. So I will remind my soul that his love for me is defined. Oh, God, you are so kind. So I resign to worship you through this time, and you'll restore my hope and mind every single time. Come on. We got to remember God's goodness. He's done it before. He will. I need to remember the goodness of God. Number two, the Lord is my shepherd. He leads me beside still waters. He quiets my will. Our will is our decision making part of our life. It gets to call the shots. And so I might, you might say it like this He quiets my endless striving. Or you might say it this way, He quiets my vain ambitions. See, our will is the part that is saying, I gotta do this, I gotta call her, I have to fix that, I gotta make things right, I gotta use the right words, I have to make an appearance, I have to go this, where, that, where, otherwhere. And our souls are always feeling it's up to us to prevent the next disaster. My wife and I have been watching the series Designated Survivor, and if you've ever seen that before, then there's an FBI agent, Hannah Wells, who is tasked with always preventing the next global disaster all the time. And I think that sometimes our soul takes that on, and how, how berating is it? How, how um, of an imposition is our souls to constantly think, you are preventing the next great disaster over your life? Is God God? Do you have more faith in your decisions or more faith in God being God? See, God and spending time with him quiets my soul. How do we quiet it? 1 Corinthians chapter five says, stop being so proud. This is Paul talking to the Corinthian church. He's talking to a church. And he says, stop being so proud. In other words, stop being full of yourself. Stop thinking so highly of yourself. Don't you know that a little yeast Can spread through the whole batch of dough. So get rid of the old yeast. Then you will be like fresh bread. Say fresh. Fresh. Made without yeast. I would write this down. Our wills lose their peace when we get off God's path. Our will loses its peace when we get off God's path. I find a lot of Christians nowadays like to say this. I gave God almost everything when I chose to walk and follow him but there's a few things i like and i kept them and i ain't gonna tell my church neighbor that i do this <laughs> i'm not even gonna tell my spouse i do this i'm gonna keep it hidden and there are some things that we try to hide from others because we know it's part of our old life and it doesn't belong in our new life and we try to hold on to it i've done it too And I believe in this context, it's called the old yeast because back in the day, they didn't have supermarkets when they were writing this where they could just go in and buy a yeast packet that says active yeast, be active in four minutes, right? Instead, they had to ferment it by taking a piece of the dough they just made, set it aside out on the counter to ferment and to let bacteria do its thing on it until you make the next batch of dough days later. And you insert that piece of dough from the old one. And it permeates and affects the whole batch to blow up. And I think when we hold on to secret sins, we too blow up in pride. We say things like this. I'm not perfect, but I am better than. At least I don't say that. At least I don't do that. At least I don't act like that. I don't have it all together, and it's called pride. It's a secret sin, and our will starts saying, it's okay to do fill in the blank because at least I'm not like that. And we get off God's path in our will. Or we say, I do 90% right. I just need a little bit of this to make my life right. And really, can I be shoot straight? That's called arrogance, where we think that we know better than God, and so I can just keep a little bit. It reminds me of the grandmother who told their grandchild, would you like some cookies? And grandchild said, like, yes, I want some chocolate chip cookies. She said, I ran out of chocolate chips. But little, little Fido, he, he poops little poops. And so they look like chocolate chips. So I put them in the batch. I just made them for you. You want some cookies? The kid's like, huh. Ah. Sometimes I wonder if God's smell in our life going, what is that smell? <laughs> 90% of it's good. Come on. It's a good stinking cookie. It's just a little bit of poop. Just a little bit of old yeast mixed in there. And God's going, I, mean, I don't want to consume any of that. I don't want that in my vicinity at all. But our will says, a little bit of poop's all right. I know what I'm doing over here ain't right, but a little bit of poop's not bad. It's less poop than that person. <laughs> Come on. Here you, here's what you do. Get rid of the old yeast. What secret sins are you keeping around? Envy? Crude? Sleeping around, hiding pornography, still harboring pride. Get rid of the old yeast. Number three, the Lord is my shepherd. He leads me beside still waters. He quiets my emotions. The team's gonna come up here. Now, no pointing or elbow jabs to the person next to you, but how many know someone who is an emotional roller coaster? <laughs> come on, we don't wanna be that person and we don't want people to to be up and down and did you know you don't have to be that way did you know your emotions don't have to rule the roost that you can find peace in god how i i suggest you write this down praise often fixes our emotions the lord's my shepherd he leads me beside still waters he quiets my soul through praise makes me go The world seems off, this relationship seems off, my attitude seems off. They're treating me the way they're treating me, it seems off, but when I get into the presence of God, He quiets my emotions. I don't have to go off on anybody. I don't have to think that everybody's mad at me. He's the one who quiets those voices and my emotions. To the point that we begin to say in worship, it is well, it is well with my soul. Why? Because you, you had a, a talk with your emotions or because the Lord quieted them down, minimized them. Psalm 42, says, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? My emotions have tanked. They've fallen off the cliff. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Tell your neighbor, turn your praise up. Come on, when your emotions get out of whack, it's time to turn up your praise and get your soul back. Come on, that's why I love nights like last night. We had a worship night. And if you were part of it, so many people just turned down the noise and turned up the praise. And, and my emotions fall in suit because I'm worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It reminds me he's in control. I can't wait till we get a building of our own so we can have more of those things. And your generosity has been amazing and we we thank you that you have continued to be so generous because we're taking steps in a place where we can have more and more environments where we're just worshiping God because it gets me my emotions on track. It gets my soul back, He quiets my soul. Hebrews 619 says, this hope in Jesus is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls so maybe I wrote this down praise anchors so maybe um, if you find that you're emotionally all over the place here's two practical steps you can consider number one why don't you try fasting secular music for a period of time until you get your soul back I mean you might say I didn't participate in a fast and I wanted to or maybe uh, th- this resonates and I'm going to extend my fasting and so you just say you know what's one of my favorite things about my wife When she is under attack, she will put on one song of praise and she'll put it on over and over and over again. Now, the early years of our marriage, we're coming up on our 17th year anniversary. In the early years of our marriage, come on, I'm pumped. In the early years, I was a bit more immature as a husband. And so I'd walk in and go, that song again? (laughs) Don't you know they make other songs and they're all good? Just change it up, just a little mixture. But then I learned this, that when she's going through something, she knows how to turn up her praise so much so that she will just sing it and sing it and sing it until her body knows, her soul knows, her emotions know who's in control. I didn't like the diagnosis but my emotions know who's in control. I didn't like the relationship situation but my emotions know who's in control. I don't like the outcome but my emotions know who's in control. And so Spotify comes out at the end of the year and says, you've listened to Champion 468 times this year it's like well no wonder because she was getting her mind back she was getting her emotions back she was just praying through and so maybe you just fast and say I don't need all that other stuff it's the Lord who quiets my soul or here's another step start a gratitude journal for all he's done you might say that's a lot Pastor Drew so let me recap real quick they're gonna put it on the screen I, I encourage you take a picture and ask the Holy Spirit which one or two should I focus on in this next season of life I need to quiet my mind by praying the serenity prayer quiet my mind by fixing my mind on God's goodness maybe start a gratitude journal quiet my will by getting rid of the old yeast it's time for the secret sins to go it's time to make excuses that it's okay to linger around quiet your emotions by turning up your praise or quiet your emotions by starting a gratitude journal father I pray as we open up our hands and open up our hearts that you would speak which one of these you want us to focus on. That you would help us to get our soul back because our help comes from the Lord. In Jesus' name. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, it's one last question. I want to address a question in some people's minds saying, Pastor Drew, I don't have hope that all of this is going to work. Can I challenge you that you've been putting your hope in your own doing for too long? notice everything that I shared today had to do with putting your hope in something stronger than you something bigger than you, something mightier than you, something more powerful than you, something smarter than you something wiser than you, his name is God and he revealed himself through Jesus Christ who came, lived among us, revealed himself died on our behalf rose again from the grave and is seated at the right hand of the Father it's time to trust in something bigger than you Put you're hoping something bigger than you Psalm 131 I've repeated as I close I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother is my soul within me how did you quiet your soul down he answers hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore if you're in this place examining your own heart with your eyes closed I'm not going to embarrass you or call you down but I do want to ask you is it time to hope in the Lord from now until forevermore Maybe for the first time, or maybe it's time to rededicate your life. Maybe you hear me online, you're like, this is what I need to put my hope in something bigger than myself. I want to do that today. If that's you, no one's looking around, would you just hold your hand up high to heaven and say, that's me. I'm making a decision today. Some of you might say, why do we have to hold up our hand? Maybe because our will needs to submit right now to our spirit and just go, I surrender, and I'm going to put my hope in him. Come on, I saw so many hands, I'm so proud of the people's courage today to make the best decision ever to choose Jesus. Come on, as a church, if if you're online, write in the chat, that's me. And as a church, let's all pray together in person and at home. Say a prayer like this. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I have made many mistakes. I am a sinner. I have fallen short. I thank you, though, for your son, Jesus Christ. I believe He is the Son of God who came to die for me, restore my soul, redeem me, pick me up, turn me around, put my feet on solid ground so that He can be my Lord and Savior. I'm giving you the right to call the shots. I want to follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. And the church said, amen.